0: Welcome to Honest Conversations in Black and White. I'm here with my co-host. I can say co-host now. Yeah, yeah. yeah Scott Annual. We have a special guest that we'll introduce in just a moment. But uh, Scott, I'm excited about this endeavor.
1: Yep. Yeah. Fun.
0: It's going to be fun. Um, it's going to provide. I think just a different. Um, Platform for our listeners uh, and give them the opportunity to just see us in a in a different space, in a different light, mm-hmm. uh, as we talk about specific issues related mainly to print. So, uh, initially, when when we thought about honest conversations, it was a it was the idea of of having real, honest, open, in depth dialogue with people that we want to have conversations with and care about. Would right. you agree?
1: Yeah, but people are wondering what. Does black and white refer to?
0: Well, see, I was, you know, I I was going to leave that part alone, (laughs) Um, but you know, I I was going to let people make their own, you know, ideas around that. Connect Uh, the dots, but I, I will connect the dots for those who are listening and watching. Uh, The the honest conversations in black and white. This, this really kind of lends itself, leans into your area Mm -hmm. of expertise with with writing, Mm -hmm. Uh, executive vice president, editor in chief uh, of G three, and as a result of that, you spend most of your time reading and writing and, right. and, and, and that kind of well, thing.
1: Well, and in, when I when I was a seminary professor and a PhD director, mm-hmm. that's what I did mainly was yeah. teach writing, write myself, and so it's definitely, and, and read a lot, which we'll talk about today. Yeah, right. I've, yeah. I've been,
0: I, I'm excited because I've, I've enjoyed, man, being alongside you and yeah. learning and trying to get better at my writing, uh, trying to, you know, get get sharpen you know, the, the pencil, if you will. Uh, the pen and and really get better at, at being concise one of the things that you you constantly we were talking about this yesterday uh, are pushing forward is 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 the economy of words economy of words the economy yes. of words uh, <laughs> and just making sure that that we're not we're not being verbose for no reason right that that right. we're at, that we're using words uh, uh, correctly and appropriately with that said man I'm extremely excited uh, about our first guest yep. Uh you have a little bit of familiarity right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a little. This is this <laughs> is Almost
1: uh, well I guess almost 20 years. We started dating almost 20 years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. So 20 years ago she's here with us. This is Dr. Becky Annual. How how do you like the sound of that?
2: It's nice. It's I don't nice. hear it very often.
1: So. <laughs> she loves it when something comes in the mail and it says, doctor and doctor. Oh, that's, nice. That's always like a, a, a nice piece of mail. Nice. Nice. <laughs> that is
0: nice. We're going to get into that. Let me just, by, by way of just kind of re- reading the bio, uh, Becky Annual is wife, homekeeper, uh, keeper of the home uh, and mother to four children, ages three through 15. Uh, you homeschool all those kiddos. and uh, 16 now. 16 now. Yeah. yeah. yeah? Well, we got to change the bio yeah, here. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ph.D. in Christian Education, which we'll talk a little bit about that, uh, from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Becky Wright uh, speaks at conferences on education and discipleship uh, and the, and the Christian Imagination. Uh, leads expository women's Bible studies, which I can't wait for the one that's going to be coming up. We'll we'll will uh, we'll touch base with that here in in a little bit. Uh, her desire is to equip women with tools for discipleship, uh, parenting, uh, and and personal growth in Christ likeness. Well, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, yeah absolutely glad to have you. Um, wanted to I, I know we're going to talk about the, the the really big issue, which is the reading challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we jump into that, I really wanted to just kind of for I mean I just read a very long bio, but I wanted to get into a little bit of your background. If you were to explain, you know, in a, in a brief segue, just how who is Becky Annual? What, what, is, what are your passions, drives with regard to the area of education uh, and what you're doing, even with the kiddos and homeschooling? Just get, take a few minutes and just kind of tell the audience a little bit about who you are.
2: Well, um, as you said, I did my PhD in Christian education, but really that wasn't my original intent. I started homeschooling the kids, I actually never intended homeschool. That was not wow. a dream of mine. Uh, that was not something I thought I would ever do, but um, that was something the Lord laid on my heart when our oldest was kindergarten age. Mm. So um, just started reading because I thought, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. So I started reading and got really excited about what I was reading. Mm. Um, thought, okay, I can do kindergarten. I can do first grade. And it just kind of escalated from there. And, you know, we loved... Every year, you know, mm-hmm. as it came and, you know, not every day is easy, but I really started learning about philosophy of education and different ways people were doing it and digging into scripture and seeing what scripture says about teaching children and discipling children. And that got me excited about going back to school and really mm-hmm. just having some um, external
0: formalized education, so to speak. Yes, just some
2: goals that I could set for myself and that others were setting for me that I could really dig deep and read about philosophy of education and theology of education. Mm -hmm. Because at the time, Scott was a seminary professor, so Mm -hmm. we were living on campus um, when I started my master's degree in education. Mm -hmm. And um, then I finished my master's and thought, do I want to, do I want to do more? It's a big undertaking to do a PhD. Initially it
1: was PhD or more kids. Yeah. So we had one more kid and then decided, well, let's do the PhD too. Yeah. Yeah. So I
2: was actually five weeks pregnant with our fourth when I started the PhD. Wow. Um, so that was a challenging year, but, um, Scott really encouraged me to, to pursue that. And so I just sort of, you know, held it with open hands and took it one semester at a time and Mm -hmm. plugged through that. And, um, really developed a deeper passion for biblical education, biblical worldview, Mm -hmm. um, the Christian imagination. And those were things that I incorporated into my dissertation and into my writing.
0: Two things I want to go back to. The first one is when you talked about starting out, you know, uh, I can do I can do kindergarten. I can do first grade. I want to go back to that because I remember when when Tamika and I were, were uh, you know getting ready to <clears throat> educate our kids and had made the decision that we were going to homeschool. M- my situation was similar in that I had really gotten an, a, a, a really good thought process about biblical worldview. I had just been exposed to what that even meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that the Bible was sufficient to, to deal with all of these categories of life that we're engaged in. Mm-hmm. And so for me, this was something I became passionate about. And, and then when I recognized what our kids were actually learning in school, my thought became I could do better poorly
2: than, than
0: being in the... Formalized education process mm-hmm. in, in a public school system, and they do it well, mm-hmm. right? My kids would be better off with me stumbling through this process oh. rather than sending them off to a public school and 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 them doing great in that in that yeah. environment. For you starting out, what was what were the building blocks for your for your confidence? What I, I'm thinking about the person who who might be listening to this. I'm, I'm a young mom who's thinking about maybe getting getting her toe in the water, hearing all of these things about about home education and and what they should do. W- what do you say to that person? How did you how did you build the confidence level to take that to the next level?
2: Um, well, reading um, books about homeschooling, um, you know, there's so much. You know, I was fortunate. We started homeschooling in oh, I don't even remember what year, but hmm. early 2000s, I guess. And yeah. hmm. um, by that time, there's there was so much available mm-hmm. as far as uh, moms, you know, that had been a whole generation of homeschoolers by then, so um, a lot more resources than were available when I was a child. Um, so I read a lot of those books and, um, podcasts really exploded about that time. Mm -hmm. So I was listening to experienced moms who had homeschooled. I was listening to moms who were homeschooling, who had been homeschooled, Mm -hmm. which is again, not something that had been available, um, prior to that really. So, um, just, learning from the wisdom of others and yeah. then incorporating those ideas and growing. And we did, you know, our homeschool changed over the years, my philosophy changed. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. Because again, like you said, I'm still at least, you know, trying to do my best according to scripture mm-hmm. and not according to, you know, secular, you know, the secular government ideals right. of education.
0: Right. So. Right. The second thing that interests me about what you said, you talked about Christian imagination mm-hmm. Can you kind of define like what when you when you say that what does that mean? How do you incorporate that into into what you're doing? Help me understand that a little bit.
2: The Christian imagination um, is really what puts together the puzzle pieces of a biblical worldview. This is um, how how you think about the world is formed in your imagination, and so when um, when you're reading good books like what we're going to talk about today, Mm -hmm. that is really. Biblical worldview is more than just being able to answer the right questions mm-hmm. according to scripture but it's really having a f- full picture of what the world is sh- and should be according mm-hmm. to scripture and you can't have that without a Christian imagination. You can't just memorize a list of facts or have, you know, just a list of certain presuppositions and then think you're going to, you know, walk away or your children are going to walk away with a biblical worldview. That's that's not, you know, how it works. Mm-hmm. It God has created us with an imagination. And um, in order to have a biblical worldview, we need to not just give our children correct content, but yeah. also um, form it formed beautifully. Um, that mirrors scripture.
0: I love what you said about that because I, I, th- I think oftentimes our thought process as Christians who are coming into this world for the first time is, okay, I, the first time I, I got to catechize my kids and, th- and then, and then I, I'll give them these, these facts and, and then they'll give me these answers and then they're good to go. And we haven't thought about 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 what it looks like to formulate all of that and into into a picture uh, from a standpoint of, of Christian imagination. Uh, last thing that that I want to touch on because I know we're, I know you guys are dying to get into the the, the book piece uh, of this is you write for G Three Ministries and uh, we, one of one of our few female writers. You would know. Do mm-hmm. we have any other female writers?
1: Not. I mean, not in terms of a standalone blog. Okay, we've got some guests now and then. but gotcha. She's definitely the most regular. Yeah.
0: yeah well, uh, you're writing, and, and I know you. You're you're a homeschool mom, uh, wife wife to this guy who I know is is, is very busy. So how, a, how do you find time to write? Um, and, and then and then B, what kinds of things are you writing that people should be kind of plugging into?
2: Um, how do I find time to write? Well, that's always a challenge. It's why I don't um, produce something every single week, right? Um, because my family is going to take priority over right. a blog. But um, you know, I just fit it in in evenings. In the mornings, you know, that's how I did my PhD too. Just little, little bits at a time. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, but you know, a lot of times there's just something on my heart that I feel like I really want to share with other moms because other moms did that for me. Yeah. And so that's great. That's I important like that. to me. Yeah.
0: I like that. Well, I, I want to jump into the topic for today, which, uh, we really wanting to kind of unpack, uh, what you are doing with this kind of reading plan. I'm going to turn things over to Scott, because this was something that when you came in Scott, uh, here at G3, this was one of the kind of the first, first things that you did, uh, on, on the blog that really kind of took off as far as people's interest. And
1: it wasn't me. Right, right. it was her. I <laughs> gave he <signed laughs> a name to that first. We, one. yeah, we right. co we branded that first blog post cuz she didn't have her own yet, but yeah. this was really her idea. Probably mainly because you had done you had seen other reading challenges and they'd been helpful yeah, to you in I've the past, done right?
2: i num- a number of reading challenges over the years and it really, you know, just like this one, I do reading challenges to push myself mm-hmm. to read outside of my comfort zone. Yeah,
0: you know? yeah. I think I think when a, when a brand new year starts, we, I, I know I do, naturally go to okay every for me every year once a year it's it's a process to read through the Bible, right? Right. So that's kind of a kind of a normal rote thing for me uh, every year. I, I know I'm going to start that every year. I make the claim uh, that I'm going to get back into the gym and work out. Now that hadn't happened yet, so <laughs> you know that, that's a whole other conversation for another, another day. But with the reading challenge, when 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 I saw that. Come up, I thought, man, that's interesting, and you kind of have categories right. and kind of walk through what the, what that should look like. So,
1: yeah, we should say first, just in case somebody wants to sort of follow along with our conversation, that if you go to g3men.org/slash/g3reads23, mm-hmm. yeah. that's where this this year's uh, appears. Uh, yeah, and so last year. Yeah, Becky. Becky just said we, we ought to do a G three reading plan. I was like, okay, good. We'll do that in January. She's like, no, moms are already looking now for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it was her idea. Did categories last year. Um, got a lot of good feedback. Um, we used a hashtag and people on Instagram, especially, which I still don't get Instagram, but you know, uh, people like it. Uh, yeah, but a lot of you know, homeschool lot moms of, really love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, women women like it in particular. Um, And throughout the year, I think we've seen a steady flow of interest, and then we saw Towards the end of the year, with the publication of the new one, a lot of people saying this was so helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, one person, one of my former PhD students, posted this helped me to read outside my normal categories, which is what Becky said a moment ago. Wow. Um, so it's you know it's it's a I think a great yeah, blessing we, to a lot of people. We
2: had a good variety of people participating. Yeah. We had I think over three thousand last year, and we have over forty five hundred already, already this year. Wow! We've downloaded and are participating, um, but we had. You know, homeschool moms, we had PhD students, we had pastors um, participating, and I loved seeing the variety mm-hmm. of books. You know? I think it's
1: especially helpful for pastors who tend to get niched Nitched into mm-hmm. only mm-hmm. theological yeah, yeah. books yep. and being forced, like we're gonna talk about, to read poetry, to read right. some good classic right, fiction, right. to read in right. some of these other things. Um and we we've talked about this. I it's reading challenges I think are harder for me to get locked into because I'm reading a lot yes. just with my own research and yes. writing. And um, you know, so I sort of have to. So this is—it's it, valuable to force myself to do this, even though I don't—I don't do it well often. Um, but I think especially for. Homeschool moms, moms at homes, it's it's particularly helpful as well. So I, it, it, just to go to the point that it, for a variety of people, yeah. a reading challenge like this can be a really beneficial thing.
0: Let me let me ask you for I mean, was this something that you you identified? These are the categories. Was it a template that you had already? Was it how did you how did you pull this together?
2: Um, I've just done a lot of them okay. over the years. Gotcha. So I mean, there are certain categories that are just common to reading challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I sat down last fall. To put together the first one, Um, I just made a huge long list of different categories and then chose 12 of those um, for last year and then another 12 for this year. So,
0: yeah. So it walk me through because I was reading the, the, the article that went with this, uh, man, I hear 12 and then I hear 24 and I'm thinking there's no way in the world I'm going to be able to get through 24 books along with, you know, my, my responsibilities at work, the writing that I have to do and the like. So,
1: OK, so so get ready for this. Okay. Ready? Yeah, yeah. Becky, how many books did you read last year?
2: A hundred.
0: A hundred books. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's no that way. was
1: the goal, but it was sort of funny towards the end of the year. It was like it was she was pushing. It
2: was a sprint to the finish. I yeah. read 20 books in December to get to that. goal. There
1: is no, now like, it includes audiobooks. Okay. Those count. Yeah. Okay,
2: okay. 50, and we had somebody on social okay.
1: media just recently, I think on our Facebook page, say, "Do audiobooks c- count?" Of and
2: I said, "Absolutely,
0: count. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, audiobooks, yeah." Because okay, if it's if
1: it's audio, I'm not going to do 100. But if it's audiobooks, well,
2: I might not this year. Either. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were we were joking with some friends. It's like because she because she'll walk. We can talk about. This with tips later but she, she, I, I bought her several years ago for Valentine's Day I don't Day. just
2: walk around with them but <laughs> yeah. yeah. so for Valentine's Day like we don't give each other gifts but he gives me this for Valentine's yeah, Day yeah I okay. bought her
1: some Bose noise cancelling headphones so, so she wouldn't have to listen to you Well, that too. But uh, (laughs) so she, like, when she's cooking or whatever, you know, she's got these headphones on. So we're joking as she's getting to the end of the year and she had this goal of 100. And I was really panicked. And she was really panicking. We're like, we're joking. Like, the kids are like, Mommy, Mommy, lead us to Jesus. No, I have to get 100 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Which didn't happen. But we had had fun with that.
2: That was him. But.
1: wow that's a lot okay so but it but it i mean it's it's a discipline that's what a reading challenge can help with right
2: yeah i mean you were saying about exercise you know as a new year's goal for almost everyone right right right, right. but books are i heard this the other day and i thought i really resonate with that books are exercise for the mind it is that's great i like that i like that reading we're stretching ourselves you know so the more we read the more we have endurance the more we have speed the more we have strength that we can do harder and longer things faster um so that's
1: great. And you'll resonate with this. She listens to books at about two times,
2: right? I do. Yes. I listen so to almost everything at two times yeah. speed.
0: I, yeah, I'm not quite mm-hmm. two times, but I am about one seven five. I'll hit that, and it depends on who's speaking or who's reading. Right. Right. Um, and, and then one of the things that I do with audiobooks, I'll download uh, a Kindle as well, and 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 read and listen at the same time. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, that for for me that helps. I think I was I was telling you maybe earlier today. I I, sh- I struggle uh, with I struggled with dyslexia, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and there are times when when uh, you know if I'm not careful, I'm tired what have you that kicks in for again, me so if i'm your, yeah so yeah. If, so if i'm reading you know on, on my own i'll, I'll miss things and, and comprehension is an issue so when i can hear and read mm-hmm. at the same time
2: mm-hmm. that's a common it, it really helps strategy for people who have dyslexia yeah, it yeah. Re- it's really
0: it's really helpful for me so let's we talked about the category or we talked about how many categories let's talk about the categories okay. what categories of books that that you have and what you're what, what you're thinking what you've laid out this this year
2: okay yeah, so the first category is a book about a book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So last year I had everyone reading through a Bible reading plan mm-hmm. because I really feel like if you're not you know, digging into Scripture and you're reading other books, yeah. you've got something yes. you know, upside down. Yep. Um, but I did have some people express uh, some frustration that they couldn't finish their challenge because they didn't finish their Bible reading plan. And oh. I know, I mean, it can be difficult to read through the Bible in a year, you yeah. know. Um, especially for moms who have little ones at home. So I didn't want to put that burden on people. So this year I just thought, let's just hopefully assume everyone's digging into the word and instead do a book that will enrich your devotional life, enrich your scripture um, reading for the year. So the book about a book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a category that pastors will easily be able to check off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I'm reading for women's Bible studies, I have found some real gems in this category. Mm. So um, we have some suggestions
1: yeah, so to clarify that too. So Becky included some suggestions, but people can do whatever they want yeah, within absolutely. those categories. Yeah. These are just some starting no, I, starting I, points. I, or I, I, I particularly
0: love the suggestions because there are yeah. some categories here. I would had no clue where to start. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and so it was helpful as I went down, especially like you mentioned earlier, poetry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? And, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a I'm a hip hop head. Not that that's poetry, <laughs> but you know, I, I'm trying to figure out where do I go here. So mm-hmm. it was helpful to to, to have the yeah. category. Or, or,
1: or, did you, you want to suggest
0: in that in that category? what what you might offer you want to keep yeah them. and I've got some
1: suggestions yeah too. you've yeah. got
2: I didn't actually bring any in that category okay so well on. let me
1: suggest because she didn't include this and I gave I her know. a hard time about it but one that G3 published nice words uh, this Scott. is really a, a helpful commentary on Galatians by Chip Thornton one of our board members pastor uh, in Alabama, you hear commentary, and you might think, "Oh, that's only for pastors." But it's accessible. Mm-hmm. Certainly, would be a helpful a helpful for a pastor who's preparing for Galatians. But this is this is devotional. Yeah. This would be great for anybody who just wants to have a book on a book of the Bible yeah. on, on Galatians. So that's a a good recommended book. The other one this is this is on Becky's list, and I actually she she asked me for some suggestions on some things. I wasn't helpful very much, but this one I was. <laughs> um, she's shaking her head over there. <laughs> uh, singing the songs of Jesus, revisiting the Psalms. Mm. So I just finished a book on the Psalms yep. that may, maybe will be a suggestion for next year's uh, yep. reading plan. Yep. Uh, but this is a very good book on the Psalms. So if we're looking for a book on a yep. book of the Bible, this is a good one to, awesome. us yeah. to Who's to the read. author? Uh, Michael Lefebvre. Okay. Le fe- Le, Lefebvre. Okay. It's French. I looked gotcha. that
2: thought, I'm not going to try to pronounce exactly. that. Yeah. <laughs> no. Gotcha. That's very,
1: very good book. Again, accessible. You know, some of the books on the list and recommended list uh, books are a little longer. Mm-hmm. These are a couple that are...
2: They're shorter. And shorter. I did try to, you know, I gave a list of some more technical commentaries. If, you know, you have a pastor who's really studying to preach through a book and then yeah. also some more devotional uh, books in this category.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, a, a book by a dead pastor... That sounds like ominous. Is that, is that is there is there a reason why someone should look for a book by a dead pastor? Well,
2: you know, I was trying to narrow this category because I wanted to read a book uh, by a pastor. Um, obviously, a dead pastor doesn't narrow it all that much because there are no. so many. Yes, you know, so many, yep. But yep. Um, I think it's really important that we learn from people of the past. Yes, and um, you know, there's so many so many rich books mm-hmm. from people of the past. And then also, I I think it's um, you know when someone's life is closed and um, you know, they we can know whether or not their life and their voice is someone who can be respected and trusted. Absolutely. And you know, we avoid kind of that. The Josh Harris problem, yep. you know. Yeah, absolutely, so, um, absolutely.
0: I I, th- I think that's key. I, I'd heard long ago, you know, so, someone uh, say to me that uh, you know the, the best theologian is a dead theologian. Yeah. Uh, they say that tongue in cheek, but the whole right. point and purpose of that is that their their theology it, we know what it is. Uh, it's been vetted, right. uh, and and if if they if they're biblically sound and 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 you know theologically sound, we can we can trust. What it is where well, we're and reading. it
1: helps us avoid what Lewis called chronological snobbery, mm-hmm. and that's where we're just narrowly focused on our own age. There are a lot of great books being written right now by pastors, right. and they're worth reading. Mm-hmm. But the the danger of that is we can get so caught up in the new stuff mm-hmm. that we forget the wisdom of those who come before. So yeah. this is a yeah. category like this is really and helpful. a
2: lot of people, a lot of those men who are writing <laughs> are reading mm-hmm. those, yes. you know, yes. dead people, yes, right,
0: absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yep. So she she listed some some people here Spurgeon Watts uh, Edwards I just thought again I mean I'm just you know I'm the editor in chief of G3 Press. I did ask you so. if, G- yeah, <laughs> if there was
2: I, anything. I well, this include. I didn't even
1: think about this because he is a dead pastor, but it's you know I, I, I don't know yeah. I didn't think about it. Well, but Thomas Watson's How to Read Scripture with with the Most Spiritual Prophet. Mm-hmm. You know there's a, there's an example. Uh, you, Becky has Edwards on here. There's a number of things. I think everybody ought to read The Religious Affections by uh, Jonathan Edwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a little longer, though, a little more weighty. So if you want something by Edwards that's accessible, The Surprising Work of God, which he wrote about the Great Awakening... Mm -hmm. Um, and is this really helpful for thinking through the nature of true conversion and true revival? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, very applicable to day and age. So that's a good book by Edwards if, if someone's yeah. looking for that. And
2: like last year, I had a category, um, read a book by a Puritan. And almost all of those guys were pastors. So you could just right. dig right back into that the fits. Puritans. Yep. Got it. Um, the one I'm going to do this year is the one that our men's and women's Bible studies mm-hmm. at church mm-hmm. are doing, Redemption Accomplished and Applied by John Murray. Mm-hmm. So that's another good choice
0: good good deal yep. the, the next category you have is a book about the sovereignty of God I wonder why she chose that book I don't know but <laughs> yeah. there's a there's a conference that, oh, that rings in my head yeah. about about the sovereignty of God but I, we won't we won't do that here yeah, uh, promote j- it. just uh, just to let let folks go know. register for that conference yeah go definitely go register <laughs> yeah. for the conference g3 menorg uh, <laughs> go register for the the, the uh, national conference uh, on the sovereignty of God but you've got a category for that and so what what kind and this is great because as, as people are coming and planning to prepare to come right. to g3 before the National Conference, great category for them right. to be thinking about uh, related to. So what 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 do you have in this space?
2: Um, so I you know had a number of good recommendations. Trusting God by Jerry Bridges is mm-hmm. one. Um, this one is the one I'm going to read. Um, Not by Chance, Learning to Trust a Sovereign God by Leighton Talbert, who writes for G3 guest posts now mm-hmm. and then. Um, you have, I yeah, think so Arthur this Pink's Arthur Pink there. she's got
1: listed. This is yeah. kind of the standard. That's what I'm familiar right? with. Right? Yeah. This, <laughs> is, this is a great book on the sovereignty of God. Yep. The one by Talbert, probably lesser known, but re- really re- well worth reading. He's, yeah. a, he's a good writer, um, uh, good book on sovereignty. And then the
2: sovereignty. Jeff Johnson. Yes. Um, an, yeah, I think it's just. It's coming, I think it ships next week, his book, The Sovereignty of God. And yep. he um, said on Facebook that, he, um, where did I, I think I wrote down what he said. That it was a little bit more modern and more of an introduction to the topic than Pink's. Okay. Oh wow! So just yeah. maybe a little bit of a lighter, yeah, lighter read. Good. Yeah, I, and he has a World War II vet story interspersed. Wow! In, in the chapters. Interesting,
0: mm-hmm. interesting. Well, that that would definitely be. And love, we, we love Jeff Johnson. Yep. Love those guys that. Uh, Free Grace Press and and what they're doing there, um, a book of letters, a book of letters, Bi- Bible. How, did, how does this how does this play out? What do, how are you doing? I mean, here? I
2: suppose you could read an epistle, okay? Um, but really, I was thinking of, you know, just a book of personal correspondence. So, um, this is one I've read, and it's edited by uh, Michael and Victoria Haken, huh. The Christian Lover, The Sweetness of Love and Marriage, and the Letters of Believers. So we have letters between John and at Calvin, and Martin and wow. Kath- Katharina Luther and, um, you know, um, Adam Ironman and Ann Judson, Martin and Beth and Lloyd-Jones. So, right. th- you know, letters that they wrote to each other. Wow. Um, so it's just a really fun way to get to know people through yeah. their correspondence. It's a different way.
0: My wife would love that. <laughs> Tamika would love that. And then, then I would probably be required to write something exactly, like that. Yeah. So
1: I, When I looked at this category, I thought, I don't think I've ever written read a book of letters. Yeah. The only one I, I really know is the Samuel Rutherford letters, which letters I think is Samuel on your Rutherford. on your list, mm-hmm. only because Anne Cousins' hymn, The Sands of Time Are Sinking, is was based on one yes. of those letters. So mm-hmm. but yep. I don't think I've ever read a, a book yeah. of letters. Wow. There's
2: letters of Charles Spurgeon. Um, I have the letters of J.R.R. R. R. Tolkien at home. So interesting, all the way from his World War One years to the end of his life. And, of course, he wrote, um, if you want to do something fun, letters... Um, f- Letters from Father Christmas that he wrote to his children pretending to be the North Polar Bear. Wow. Christmas. Yeah. Um, This is the illustrated letters of Jane Austen. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just has some photos and illustrations. And yeah, it's a a fun category. It's not, it's more of a stretching category, I think, for most people.
0: Wow. Really good. (laughs) I I actually want to jump around. I know know what, what the next area is, but do you have a favorite category in this?
2: Oh boy, I don't know. Um, probably the the category I read most mm-hmm. would be classic fiction, but actually, I sort of think my favorite category is a travel book. It's a genre I discovered a few years ago, and boy, if you're not reading travel books, you're missing really an amazing genre. Um, I mean, just everything from amazing adventure stories to uh, incredible descriptions of creation, you know, nature walk. Kind of traveling, but I mean, I have here. Um, I this, know I made you go I, out of I, order. Say, I'm yes, sorry. <laughs> she put that all meticulously. I, in I, did. I, did. I know. I know. I know. Um, if you haven't read *Endurance*, which is Shackleton's incredible yeah. mm-hmm. voyage, mm-hmm. read it. This is I
1: another category I thought I hadn't read in, but I did read that. I well, because think I read of that it, as a travel. I actually book, listened it to it.
2: The yeah. audiobook is astoundingly well read. Wow. Um, but I read it, then I immediately went on Amazon, bought it, and said to Scott, you have to read this. And he read it, and I gave it to my sister, and she read it, and she missed her bus her bus stop because she was so engrossed. Wow, I mean, it's that good? It's like too good to be true almost. Wow. Caleb hasn't read it yet, has he? No, but he it's part of his it. homeschool okay. curriculum, yeah. so he will. Very That's good. good. It's, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: it's, I mean it's, it's, it's a true story, but it's captivating, well-written. And you yeah. can't wait
2: to get to the end. And right. plus, knowing that it's true. Right. I mean, you just have to know what happens. Another good one, the Brendan voyage. Um, Tim Severin, he recreates um, Brendan's voyage from the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. He builds a little leather boat and sails across the Atlantic. So, I mean, just things like this, travel. There are you know, books of travel walks, like you know, the Appalachian Trail mm-hmm. and – you know all kinds of things.
0: Wow, so. that that that's interesting. And, and now I'm I'm thinking about trying to get maybe if, especially if that's on audiobook. If endurance yeah. is on audiobook, I definitely will will uh, will check into that and, and and see what that's about. Had never thought about a that as a category uh, and b something that I would I would want to want to uh, read. The other thing I wanted to touch on is something you you mentioned earlier as I was opening up our our, our time together. One of the things I want to do is become a better writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. and, and one of the ways to become a better writer. Is to read. Absolutely, better, better I books. tell that to my
1: students all the time. If you want to become a well, it starts with I want to be a good thinker. Okay, right. if you want to be a good thinker, then you have to be a good writer because mm. someone who can't process information in writing can't think well. And if you want to be a good thinker and a good writer, you have to be a good reader. Mm. And this is something for pastors too, and and it's it ties in with the next category. A, a way to be a good writer and even a good preacher is to read well written fiction, mm. and people don't think of that. Yeah, but. Fiction is beautiful writing. Well, good fiction. Don't just read any fiction. Right. Right. Read right. well-written fiction, right. uh, and that can help you improve in your writing. Even even your your writing of of prose and you know sermons and theology stuff can be improved by the reading of good classic fiction. Man, that's good. So,
0: classic fiction works of classic fiction. Any suggestions in that space?
2: Oh, I mean, got a so, ton. I've got a ton on yeah. there, and I mean, you could just go on forever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let
1: me recommend one again that Becky recommended to me, and it was an audiobook, and that is David Copperfield. Yeah. Uh, Richard I, I, Armitage. Richard Armitage. I listened to it. Uh, it's, a, it's a it's a wonderful story in and of itself, mm-hmm. uh, and you, usually good fiction. Gets into the heart of the characters and the people, and yeah. teaches you something about human nature, right? And that's a perfect example of it. One, one of, the and it's th- just well read too. Oh, one yeah.
0: of the things that you have on here that 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 <clears throat> uh, that caught my attention because, and, and I went about this backwards. The Count of Monte Cristo. Right, I, I went into this backwards in that, and I didn't even I didn't even watch the old movie. I actually watched the new version of mm-hmm. that movie, and then went, oh my gosh, what a story! Mm-hmm. Right, and then went backwards mm-hmm. to find, and and then and then to get to get the book. But but uh, it, it's a story that you know maybe every two or three years, yeah, I'll, I'll pick back up and just you know thinking about the issues and the challenges and and, and issues of faith. I mean, just, just um, revenge. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds oh, of. Right. It's a really really good good read. It's and
2: a so audio book too read by Bill Holmwood of The Count of Monte Cristo. Wow,
1: I'll have to check into that. that. And then, I mean, you'd consider Lord of the Rings classic fiction, right? Oh, yeah. So she just listened to all of that with Andy Serkis, and she said it was amazing.
2: He released all three of the Lord of the Rings books. He read them um, this past year. So I listened to them while we were in England. And, I mean, David Copperfield's, uh, or Richard Armitage's David Copperfield and Andy Serkis's Lord of the Rings are like the top, my top audiobooks, audiobooks of all time. I mean, wow. so well read the voices. I mean, you can imagine he does yeah. Gollum yeah. quite well. But yeah. all the voices he does, wow, it's
0: amazing. wow, mm-hmm. that's great to know. Book recommended by the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. These are my yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So love these. So folks. here's an
1: interesting thing. So Dale Johnson's buddy of yours. Yes was a colleague of mine at Southwestern yep. was a professor of Becky in her PhD yep. program mm-hmm. and he's the what executive director of, yep. of ABC. Yep, so, mm-hmm. yep yeah.
0: yeah and so they've got a whole list of books yeah. uh, that that are on their track for if you're if you want to become a certified biblical counselor, uh number of different books, suggestions. I would encourage you. We've got the their uh, their information on our website and at, it's not
1: just counseling. They have a variety of books recommended there yeah. in addition to just All counseling kinds of categories. Yeah. I mean
2: their PDF has about fifty books, and those are the ones if you want to become ACBC certified. Right, but I think they're even more just on their recommended um, books webpage. Right, so. right. Berg's
1: book is on there, right? Yeah. So, brought. changed
2: into his image by Jim Berg. I read through this right. with my high schoolers. Um, really, really good. Um, he wrote this after he had a heart attack, and I think like quadruple bypass surgery or he something. He was one of her professors in college, oh, and wow. I was yeah. I
1: was actually in his class when he had that heart attack. Wow. Yeah, and
2: I was one of the first. Classes to read this book right after he wrote it, um, so he wrote that for his girls in case he didn't make it. He wanted them to have this. Wow! So really good to read um, with your your kids. Mm-hmm. The Excellent Wife by Martha Peace. Martha which Peace. Had her. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: She's one of ours. One of yep. our speakers. Yep. Writers and. Yep. As well, uh, book of poems. This I, I mentioned this earlier. This one tripped me up. I'm like, book of poems. Mm-hmm. What in the
1: world? So Doctor Seuss doesn't count. Doctor Seuss That's doesn't true. count. No, doesn't I was count.
2: hoping it did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> check I mean, the box. You can read a book of children's poetry, but um, this is the one I put as my top recommendation for Christians who are just, you know, intimidated by poetry. This mm-hmm. is the Soul and Paraphrase, a treasury of classic devotional poems, edited by Leland Riken. So, you know, everything from George Herbert, you know, all the way to, uh, I don't know, John Milton, Gerard uh, Manley Hopkins, just all the best devotional poets who wrote about their love for the Lord. Mm. Um, A lot of these men were pastors who wrote poetry. Um, I actually just finished one of the books for the challenge this morning, and um, it was about Charles and Susie Spurgeon's marriage. Mm -hmm. And she read him, George Herbert, every Sunday night after Sunday evening service. Um, it would just revive his spirit because wow. he'd be so exhausted from preaching and mm-hmm. from people pressing in on him with mm-hmm. questions. He'd come home and say, you know, Susie, read me some Herbert, and she would, she would do that every Sunday evening. Richard Baxter said George Herbert's poems mm-hmm. are next to Scripture's poems, like next best. Wow. So, um, you know, men of old, great men of the word, read poetry Mm. preachers read poetry and it helps your language be more concise it helps your language be more beautiful
0: talk about economy of words
2: yes exactly that's the way to go
0: wow good stuff
2: so this is a great one to start with um these by malcolm geit um the word in the wilderness which is a poem a day for lent and easter and then waiting on the word which is a poem a day for advent christmas and epiphany which of course we're just coming out of Mm -hmm. um in this season right now and um all these all these books have commentary with each poem to kind of just explain a little what bit. The, yeah, what so the that, background was, yes. what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. That's great.
2: Yeah, and then I actually added a new one I thought of um, just this morning, a Poet's Corner. That is an amazing audio book. If you want to listen to poems,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, John Lithgow edited this. He just loves poetry so much, and his parents read him poetry, so he wanted to gather all the best Poems for families to read. So we, I listen to this with my kids. Oh wow! Um, but he has a little bio of the author that's about two minutes long, and then um, a famous actor will read the poem. So like Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren, Lynn Redgrave. You know some really voices. nice voices. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then he has a little like two minute ex- explanation of the poem, hmm. and it's everything from like Lewis Carroll's Jabberwocky to the general prologue from the Canterbury Tales. I mean, just all kinds of variety of great poems that really he makes you want to love poetry.
0: Wow. Well, just listening to you makes me want to read it, so <laughs> that's incredible. A biography about Christian marriage, a biography about, about Christian marriage.
1: Was this so that Scott can kind of get on the right track Well, yeah. You see, the, you see the number number one title? What is marriage it? Marriage to a Difficult Man. Ah. Uh, like, <laughs> I
2: read that last year. <laughs>
1: It was a, it was helpful.
2: It was absolutely helpful. And
1: we're helpful. actually she put this on here, but it's out of print now. And I've actually contacted the copyright holder and G three. We've gotten per, we've gotten permission. G three Press this year is going to republish wow. that book because it's such a good classic book on uh, Jonathan and Sarah Edwards' marriage. That's fantastic. So, yeah, it's kind of
2: yeah. a classic. Yep.
0: That's fantastic. Anything else you'd want to say about that category? I,
1: I have this. She's got this on her list. When sinners say I do mm-hmm. is a good book. Uh-huh. Um, you know some. It's just you know it says it right at the beginning. Yep. You got two centers, Yep, and uh, so what do you do? Yep,
0: it's I, I, that, that's a good a good. Uh, offering for you know when people come into marriage counseling i yep. think that was one of the first books that i would hand to somebody and say hey this is what you need to be thinking of because they're, they're all in la la land right uh and, and you know, everything's roses and rose petals mm-hmm. and, and flowers daffodils uh, and singing and uh the reality is that both of them are two sinners who are going to disappoint one another and are going you to sin against each other yeah. and and you need yeah. to be prepared so that's a great great resource a great book for mm-hmm. for that as well yeah. anything else in this category i mean
2: there are several really good ones the one i mentioned about um Charles and Susie Spurgeon. Mm-hmm. There's one about Jim and Elizabeth Elliot. There is one about Martin and Katharina Luther. I mean, just, and I feel like reading a biography mm-hmm. can be more powerful even than like a Christian living kind of self-help book because here you have like, you know, that has its place. It does. The argument and sure. the the steps but reading a biography really sees this fleshed out like these were two imperfect people Mm -hmm. who were trying to live according to the word in their marriage and how that played out so it's it's really powerful um encouragement for married uh, married life and this category also works the reason i did a biography of a christian marriage Uh is because um, you know not everybody is married who is participating in this challenge so um, that oh, that's good. That's a great point. Well, yeah, on I just realized this. Yeah. I,
1: this was on the ACBC list. That's why I brought. That oh, okay. Because that's yeah. on a biography. I was. Yeah,
2: and yeah. ACBC does have a number of books about marriage too. Right, but yeah, right. biography, of Christian marriage. This one I did want to highlight: good Christians, good husbands? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Mm-hmm. see
1: so you, you see a theme here: <laughs> married to a difficult <laughs> <laughs> man, good Christians, good husbands? <laughs> question mark. You
2: know, marriage to a difficult man. <laughs> I had that like I would. I had that carried around with me for a couple weeks while I was reading it sticking out of my purse. And then, people, and, and then
0: people are seeing that like, Scott, what's wrong? Right. I don't no.
2: mind
1: that she compares me to Edwards, right. but <laughs> not
2: not the difficult part. Right. Well, people were like, I um, mean, at the doctor's office, like, what are you, interesting book yeah. you're reading. And I had to be like, you no, know, it's my, not, husband's that, yeah. my husband's fine. My husband's fine. It's a biography. I mean, I am difficult, but, you know. Well, you know. Um, But this one is Lessons from the Marriages and Ministries of Elizabeth and George Whitfield, Sarah and Jonathan Edwards, and then Molly and John Wesley. That's good. Kind of notoriously not good marriage. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of a comparison of the three um, and their philosophies of marriage and ministry. Wow. Um, So really fascinating book by a friend of mine, Doreen Moore. Good deal.
0: Good deal. I would
2: um, suggest People pick that one up.
0: All righty. Anything else in that category?
2: I don't think so. So you a, got me out of order. Word. I, I, I know. I know.
0: I know. know. I've got a book about a book about prayer. I'll try to keep you in order. A book about prayer.
2: Yeah, lots of. So last year we did uh, a book of prayers, uh-huh. and I loved that category. I loved reading the prayers. I read the prayers of the reformers. Yep. Loved it. Yep. Um, so this year I thought, well, let's read a book that encourages us in our prayer life. I'm listening to a sermon series right now about. Prayer, and it's been amazing to me how many pastors, how many great men of God, admitted how hard it is to mm-hmm. pray and to have a consistent prayer life and mm-hmm. to not be distracted in prayer. I mean, men like Martin Luther and um, you know Philip Henry, Matthew Henry's father, um, John Bunyan—they all were like, "It's so hard to pray; it's so easily it's easy to be distracted." Mm-hmm. So let's you know bolster our prayer life with some good books. About prayer, so yeah. um, Isaac Watts's "A Guide to Prayer" is kind of a classic, mm-hmm. um, along
1: with Matthew Henry's
2: "A Method for met- prayer. Method prayer." very,
1: very similar. So,
0: yeah. so you don't have the Prayer of Jabez on. That's yeah, not Prayer on of Jabez. There?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I don't see that on the list. No, I didn't see that one. Didn't Imagine make the list. <laughs>
2: good. So I mean, prayer, if you think about, it, is really the only aspect of our devotional lives where we have to compose the words ourselves. Yes, so that is a difficult thing. So these kind of resources help us
0: that 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 is that is incredibly helpful, you know for me I, while while you know I, I speak a lot, talk a lot, engage people in in that way when it comes to slowing down and really thinking through, I'm now praying to my heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he already knows me. Uh, and and so how do how do I formulate words to, to convey what I'm really thinking, mm-hmm. feeling, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know, and, and not only that, but how do I do that
1: consistently? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're praying to someone that you can't see. Absolutely, and that's yeah. just going to be, just really just be hard, yeah. no matter what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so
2: like the this one will help sort of formulate a, a scriptural prayer that one is filled with scripture the um, method for prayer and
1: I read I read through that with with Caleb and Kate our mm-hmm. two older kids yeah yeah this helpful. is another
2: good one although I when I looked for it I think it's out of print but it's still good um, Lord teach me to pray by John MacArthur sort yeah. of mm-hmm. along the similar right. vein as mm-hmm. the Watts that's yep.
0: good that's good we, t- we talked about the travel category and and, mm-hmm. and now I'm, I'm definitely going to check out endurance um, a book about the history of your country.
2: Yeah. That's another favorite category of mine. I love history. I think a lot of people come out of school thinking history is really boring right. because it's taught so often in a boring way. Right. The history textbooks are choppy and boring and you just end up having to learn about a bunch of dates and a bunch of facts and nothing interesting. But there's so much, you know, interesting yep. parts of history yep. Yep. and so many well-written history books. Um, I didn't actually bring any, but um, David McCullough is a great, you know, popular level John history. Adams. Yeah, John Adams. He yep. has the Wright brothers. You know, just a bunch.
0: Because there's there's storylines. It, it's not right. like when it's taught in school. It's you need to remember these dates, these facts, mm-hmm. these people. Whereas if you're reading about you, you're un, you're unpacking the story, the narrative behind
1: exactly. uh, what. Well, took you place. you were asking her about the imagination earlier, and this is this is what she did her dissertation on. There's yeah. a difference between textbook prose, which is boring, nobody wants to read that, right, and living. Literature. Right. And so it can be actually nonfiction and historical, but but actually be beautiful and enjoyable to read. Yeah. Right. it shapes and your imagination. And right. And just shapes your imagination facts. rather yeah. than just mm-hmm. gives you information Man, in your brain. that's brains. good. Yeah. that's good. So all yeah. the books on here are, are books yeah. like that. Better. I just
2: finished this week Destiny of the Republic, which was a fascinating account of James Garfield's presidency and his assassination and talked about his assassin and, I mean, really just kept you on the edge of your seat. Interspersed um, Joseph Lister's research into, you know, germs and antisepsis. and that, you
1: said that's what he ended up dying of, Really, it was not. Yeah, the, he wasn't not the, bullet he didn't but the, germs. Of the bullet wound. He died the because the doctors probed
2: him. him with unclean fingers, and then Alexander Graham Bell was off to the side trying to uh, create an invention to find the bullet in his back. So it talked about his inventions, and then I read the Spurgeon thing next, and it said that Garfield had come to hear Charles Spurgeon, because they, of course, were contemporaries. So mm-hmm. then you have all that kind of, you know, you get those kind of connections yeah. when you read these different categories.
0: Wow. Phenomenal. Uh, I love the the categories you chose. Uh, I think it, it represents just a just a fully kind of orbed view, a, 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 you know, a biblical worldview. God's in God's sovereign over all of this. Uh, he's sovereign over life, uh, and, and we get a chance to to stop, to pause, to read, to think, and to have our Christian imagination expanded. Uh, as a result of of what we're reading, I, I love this challenge. Uh, you you have a book that uh, from last year's challenge that you wanted to read but didn't. Was there one? I mean, you read a hundred of them. I can't imagine <laughs> you having a book that you didn't read. Well,
2: yeah, there were plenty. Uh, you know, a lot of times my I don't. I mean, I did write them down just because I was coming on this podcast right. of you know a plan kind of of what I want to do this year. But books come my way. You know, I get asked to speak, and so I have to read about that topic or I get asked to review a book or, you know, our church picks a book for men's and women's Bible study um, and other books get edged out. Right. So there were books um, that I didn't read that I wanted to yeah, I mean a number of them actually. I'm sure.
0: Well, one of the things I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell on you. I'll tell our, our our audience about you. I when we were at the we were at the conference for the fam, the family family uh, church and church family life. life yeah. So we, we were at that conference, and I, I, I was you know you guys were preaching you and and uh, and and Josh uh, Dr. Josh Byers so they, they're doing their thing, and and so they they allowed me to hold their Bibles <laughs> is what they allowed me to do. <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking but i i'm there i've got our booth i'm i'm kind of uh taking you know doing the doing the book table and 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 becky is walking around like i mean just effervescent oh, yeah. like I mean, books 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 you know and she i mean she you you, you would have thought she was you know she, she was she's at a at a at a basketball game she was she, just,
1: she buys more books and spends more money on books now than i do yeah and her library is nearing mine yes uh and yeah. She also borrows my books, and I started having to make her check them out. <laughs> yes, because this is you know.
2: When we go overseas, I bring an empty suitcase. Wow. Bring just the, well, from remembered. England. No, yeah, the yeah. first time we
1: went on a, on a sabbatical, we ended up having to buy a suitcase to get the books back. Wow. Because she's a big used... Uh,
2: yeah, I like to rescue books. Right. I mean, I feel like books are being canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, the right. best written books are out of print, and a lot of times it's hard to get the rights because... There's dispute between, you know, children don't, you know, don't of the agree, author, a children of now. the author. Yeah, so um, I try to rescue those books so yeah. that we have them for my children, for posterity, you know. Yeah,
0: well, you've got an amazing, I've been, been to you, you, your home, uh, you have an amazing library uh, in your home. I office next to this guy who's got a ridiculous library. My thought is I don't even have to worry about building mine <laughs> uh, because I can come check out what he's That's doing right. and, uh, and, and and be good to go. Well, Becky, it was great to have you uh, with us uh this is our second episode yeah. uh, of the podcast just real quick yeah, yeah. real quick
1: yeah tips for moms who want to read read more i mean we talked about audiobooks just anything real quick like how to fit how to fit books in especially for homeschool moms yeah. or busy i mean moms.
2: i hear a lot of moms lament like oh i haven't read a book <clears throat> in years and, you know someday i'll read a book again and that you know saddens my heart because the more you know as you're reading again it's exercise for your mind so you know you're you're having an impact on your children. You're having been able to have conversations with people about all kinds of different topics. If you're reading, mm-hmm. I just feel like our minds get flabby, just like our bodies get flabby mm-hmm. without exercise. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I always try to challenge moms, at least try to read, you know, a few books. It doesn't have to be a hundred. It doesn't even have to be 12. Um, but yeah, uh, audiobooks is a great way. And I know not everybody, uh, processes mm-hmm. books the same way. Mm-hmm. But one thing I try to encourage people is find your speed. And like yeah. we talked about yeah. everybody's brain works at a different speed, find the speed that fits your brain. Yeah. And that can be a real help. And I listen to audiobooks while I fold laundry, you know, all the kind of mindless things, wash dishes, right. all that. Um, you know, obviously I don't walk around with headphones on, you know, during the day while I'm trying to homeschool my kids or whatever, but you know, when I'm doing mindless uh, it's really redeemed a lot of those mindless tasks for me.
0: That's great. So,
2: I do about 50 50 audiobooks and then print books. You know, um, I usually try to do my Bible reading and a devotional book in the morning before mm-hmm. my kids get up. And then I read before bed every night. And, you know, if you pick up a book, your Kindle or whatever, yep. instead of picking up your phone, yep. if you, you know, people are afraid to read one or two pages at a time. Right. But that is okay. Read one page. Read one page in the grocery store line. Read one page, you know, while your kids are doing something else. Read 10 pages while your kids are playing outside, you know, whatever. Um, you just have to make those habits and redeem that time mm-hmm. and you can get it done.
0: All good stuff. All good stuff. Again, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate, Absolutely. appreciate you being here. Thanks for for letting her come through, bro. Yeah. That's a, that's a good look for you. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, ho- ho- hopefully that'll give you some cool points later on. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Anyway, listen, thanks for joining us for our, our second episode uh, of Honest Conversations in Black and White. Man, we're going to be doing more of this, having uh, incredible conversations with people that that Scott and I find that, who are interesting, writers, authors, uh, leaders, teachers, thinkers. We're, we're going to have them on the podcast. Uh, you'll definitely want to join us. You'll definitely want to be a part. Subscribe. So, yeah. I was going to say like, subscribe, share, tell others about the podcast. This is, this is new for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, the G3 podcast is something that's been going on for a while. This is brand new. And so we're going to encourage you uh, to get this out to others. With that said, thanks for joining us. We'll see
1: you next time.